Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. We've got a great show today. The Packers upset the Chiefs. We're also going to be talking about the 49ers laying it on the Eagles and some notable players, Kyle McCord, Dylan Gabriel, Cameron Ward, and others hit the transfer portal. We'll be discussing what all that means coming up on this episode of Red Zone Radio. All right, let's start off with the 49ers game because the 49ers laid it on the Eagles, went to Philadelphia. I would like to say this first and foremost, and you heard them talk about it yesterday. The Eagles were coming off back-to-back games against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. All three of these games were either on Monday Night Football or on the primetime slot. So most of the eyes of people that were watching football were on this team. They weren't getting the benefit of the doubt of being able to play in the 1 o'clock window where not everyone was watching them. And they fared pretty well. So I do want to say in the Eagles' defense, it's not an excuse, but they did have a rough three-game stretch there. And then you have to go play a physical team like the 49ers. The Eagles are still really good. The 49ers are really good. They're going to meet again, if I had to guess. Now, there was a moment in that game where it felt like the Eagles, it it didn't necessarily feel like they were going to win, but it felt like for the first five to ten minutes of the game, and I know that doesn't determine the game, but I'm sure if you watched this, you kind of felt this. It felt like they had control over this game. They, They had the 49ers defense on their heels. They had to settle for two field goals. They shut out the, the 49ers on offense. And then Debo Samuel started going. Christian McCaffrey started going. Brock Purdy started to get a rhythm. And they just took off from there. So these are two great teams. I think they'll meet again in the NFC Championship. In the NFC Playoffs at the very least. I imagine they'll meet in the NFC Championship. Because I think this could be the one in the two seed. Obviously Dallas is right there. The NFC, in my opinion, has three teams. 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys, and the rest of them, and then there's a gap between everybody else. I think those are three teams that could win it. And to be honest with you, I think the 49ers and the Eagles may have separated themselves from the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys. I think they're a really good team, and I think talent-wise, they're they're in the same range. I just think when I when I watched those two teams play yesterday, they're more physical than the Cowboys. I think they have more depth. I think they have more playmakers. And I like Mike McCarthy a lot. I really like Mike McCarthy. He's been in the league for a long time. But the 49ers, in my opinion, have a clear-cut advantage at the coaching position. Mike McCarthy's a a good coach. In the time that Nick Sirianni has been a head coach, he has done a tremendous job. But Kyle Shanahan, this guy is a different animal. Because as much as I like Brock Purdy and I like Jimmy Garoppolo, it is clear there's a quarterback deficit when he's playing the Eagles, when he's playing the Cowboys, when he's playing the Chiefs, when he's playing the Bills, when he's playing the Bengals. Brock Purdy looks like he belongs with those guys. I'm not saying he's as talented as those guys, but he looks like he is a really good top 10 maybe top 8 guy in the league and that's a big deal 
Like, I know we kind of look down our noses and we're like, oh, well, he's not Mahomes. He is he is becoming a top eight quarterback in the league, and that's a big deal. That means you're one of the eight best quarterbacks on the planet. That That's a big deal. And a big part of that is the system, but the system that Kyle Shanahan created. And and we could talk about where he's got weapons, he's got players. Lots of quarterbacks in this league have weapons. Lots of quarterbacks have good coaches. But Kyle Shanahan has made it easier and easier and has developed Brock Purdy into a really good quarterback. A quarterback that you could win a Super Bowl with. Do you remember last year when Brock Purdy came in after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and the argument was, well, nobody has film on him. Well, nobody has film on the guy yet. Players got film on him. He he had a rough three-game stretch, and he just went to Philadelphia off of, and like I said, it was off of a rough stretch for the Eagles, but he went into Philadelphia, and he dominated him. He did what he was supposed to do. He got the ball to Debo Samuel. He got the ball to Christian McCaffrey. He got the ball to Brandon Ayuk. He got the ball to his playmakers. And that's what they need to do to win the Super Bowl. So the 49ers and the Eagles and the Cowboys are a notch above everybody else. And I think where the 49ers can separate themselves from those two teams is with their head coach. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But impressive showing for the 49ers yesterday. All right. Another game that was impressive was the Packers beating the Chiefs. Now, first, let's talk about the pass interference call. I think I don't know about the Hail Mary one, a blatant, egregious missed call by the officials. That was pass interference. There's no doubt about it. Now that does not change the fact that Jordan Love, quite frankly, yesterday on the same field as Pascal Holmes, was the better quarterback. I'm not saying he's better than Mahomes. I'm not saying Mahomes isn't good anymore. Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. I'm saying specifically in last night's game, and, and it happens, everybody has a down game, Patrick Holmes is still great, but Jordan Love looked like the better quarterback, and that's not a criticism of Patrick Holmes as much as it is praise of Jordan Love. Jordan Love is really good. He sat behind Aaron Rodgers for so long that when he came off the bench, everybody thought he was going to look like a veteran quarterback. And as much as I don't like throwing quarterbacks out into the fire, immediately they do have to get reps. Sitting behind someone and learning is important. I believe it is. But you also got to get reps. You're not going to get that much better without reps. I'll never forget the time I watched an Ohio State-Nebraska game. There was about 30 seconds left. The game was over. I think Ohio State was winning by like 30. And Nebraska, Scott Frosch was the coach at the time. They took a timeout on offense to stop the clock. And it wasn't necessarily about scoring for respect. It was about getting in-game reps for their quarterback. Because there is nothing like in-game reps. There is just nothing more important than that. And so, and I remember at the time, I, I, I can't remember everything about the game, but I just remember the commentator saying that. And I remember thinking, that really showed me how as much as it's important to sit behind someone for maybe a year, certainly not the extent of time that Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers, but as much as that's important, you have to get in-game reps. And really, these first five to six games that he played and in, in, in these games that he's lost are the reps that he has gotten since he's been in the league and he was drafted in 2020. So 
I understand some growing pains with him, but he's got a big arm. He's big. I'm not going to say he's Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but he could be a franchise quarterback. And he's molding into one. Matt LaFleur is doing, a heck of, is doing a heck of a job with him. So Packers are playing themselves in the playoff contention. Bad, bad game for the Chiefs to drop. They're, they are in serious danger of not getting the number one seed, which I do think it's a big deal. I'm not saying they won't win without getting the number one seed, but remember, going to Arrowhead for the playoffs is hard to win. That's a legit home field advantage. There are many places in the NFL. College is different. Home field is, is almost everything in college. NFL... There are only a handful of places where there's legitimate home field advantage. The Eagles have one. Even though they lost, it's still a big advantage. The 49ers have a legit home field advantage. And the Chiefs, probably more than anybody, have a home field advantage. Have home field advantage. Seahawks would be one of them. And and there's a couple other places. But the Chiefs probably have the best home field advantage, if not one of the best, in the NFL. So that's a big deal. Not having to go to Arrowhead and play Patrick Mahomes. All of a sudden, the Chiefs have to do the traveling. They have to deal with the crowd noise. And it's not that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs can't handle it, but it would be something that they had not faced in the playoffs in basically this whole run that they've been on. And so we will see what happens moving forward. And and they could still get the number one seed, but it is in serious danger. And that was a bad game. That was a bad game to drop yesterday. All right, I want to take a second and talk about the transfer portal because lots of players have entered the transfer portal. Today, Kyle McCord entered it. Julian Fleming entered it. Some other notable names, Cameron Ward, Will Rogers, Will Howard, Dylan Gabriel. A lot of players are in the transfer portal. Now, I want to make this point. I don't have a problem. I don't have any issue with players entering the transfer portal. I don't have any issue with players having NIL money. But something I think the 12-team playoff will fix. This dilemma that college football faces. See, a big reason as to why nobody cares about bowl games. I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about fans. It's because the players don't care about the bowl games. If all the starters played, I, I don't fault them for not playing, but if all the starters play in the bowl games, I'm not saying it would be the same as a playoff game, but I, I think a lot of people would get more invested in these bowl games if the players cared. If you care about something, it makes everyone else care a lot more. But what I don't want to watch, it's a team that's completely disengaged because they don't want to be at a specific bowl game. They want to be in the playoff. And the 12-team playoff is going to fix that. Now, it's not going to fix it all the way down. But instead of having six teams that think they could have made the playoff disappointed in a bowl game, those six teams will more than likely make the playoff. Meaning now, maybe you have someone on the fringe of the 12-team that thought they could have made it that, that, that won't really be engaged in their bowl game. But the rest of the teams knew they probably weren't going to make the playoff anyway. They weren't a championship contender, so and they're going to be happy to be at the bowl game they're at. So you're going to see less players sitting out. The other issue college football has is players are not just sitting out because they won't win a championship. They're sitting out because they're going to go to the draft. 
Now, it's not an issue players going to draft, but a lot of players are going young. What NIL fixes, what the playoff fixes, people caring about more games, the NIL fixes the fact that they may stay longer in general because instead of going to be a fifth-round pick, you can make some NIL money and develop yourself more. If you're a quarterback, wide receiver, a quarter, whatever the position is, you can develop yourself. And so I think... And you know you know how I feel if you listen to yesterday's episode about Alabama, about how I feel about Alabama getting in. These are going to be two good semifinal games, however. And next year, with NIL and Transfer Portal and the 12-team playoff, it is going to be insane. And what's great about this is right now there are four fan bases in the country that are excited. There's a couple teams that are going to bowl games that are excited. But those teams weren't championship contenders. Everybody else, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, maybe they don't feel cheated, but they feel like they could have made the playoff had they won a game, had they won one more game, had they not lost that. What's great is instead of having four fan bases engaged, and really there was only six engaged this weekend. Not, I'm not saying people didn't watch, but I'm saying feeling like their team had a chance. There's going to be 12 next year. And there's really going to be more than 12 people engaged, more than 12 fan bases engaged because they're going to feel like they have a chance to sneak in that 12th spot rather than the exclusive 14 playoff. So next year is going to be great. This year's semifinals are going to be good, even though I don't agree with Alabama getting in. But I'm not going to get into that. I think this is going to be a good semifinal year, a good playoff year. And next year is going to be phenomenal. So I cannot wait. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.